Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back for another episode of Just a Nurse Talking About Shit. Before I begin, as always, I need to um, put the disclaimer out that I do not own the rights to any of the music that you hear playing in the background. I just love to listen to my music. Now that that's done and out of the way, let's get into this week's topic. This week, I am going to be discussing matters of the heart. Since this is American Heart History Month, I thought it would be the perfect time to use a little bit of my nursing education to give you a little education on your heart. Um, And so instead of me discussing my own personal history and the things I've gone through or discussing things that may be considered an opinion or um, things such as that, I am actually going to be giving you some factual information about heart health. Um, so how many people do you know personally or you personally even, um, suffers from some form of heart disease? According to the CDC, cardiovascular disease is one of the number one causes of death, um, in most ethnic groups in this country. And it affects men more than women, but both have extremely high incidences of risk. Um, And this is so unfortunately true, not just in um, the African-American community, but Asian and um, Native American, all ethnic groups are at an increased risk for the development of some form of cardiovascular disease. And honestly, I don't think it's a coincidence, but anyway, A lot of this cardiovascular disease is a result of the development of high blood pressure and high cholesterol, which in some some cases is genetics, which we can't do anything about. Um, But there is a lot of instances and risk factors that we can change that will lower these numbers significantly if we would just follow through on the recommendations um, to avoid the development of high blood pressure or high cholesterol. Um, So like I said, some of it is the result of genetics and we can't really do anything about our genetics. However, a lot of it is also due to the things that we eat and the unhealthy behaviors, lifestyle choices that we make, which include drinking alcohol, smoking, cigarettes or otherwise, drug abuse, and sedentary lifestyle, which is the lack of regular exercise. Um, Consuming consistent diets that are high in saturated trans fats, processed foods, you know, foods that are in a box or a can, fast foods, fried foods, all of those things contribute to our risk of developing cardiovascular disease, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, putting us at an increased disadvantage, disproportionately increased um, risk of developing um, stroke or heart attack. So it's unfortunate because so many of us lack the ability to change our diets. especially when you're struggling to decide on if you're going to eat or pay rent, you know, living in poverty um, puts us at an increased disadvantage when it comes to 
changing our outcomes health-wise. Um, and it's it's not a coincidence. Again, the this, a lot of this stuff that I'm going to be talking about, unfortunately, is, is done by design. Um, but I'll get into that in a little bit. So I'm not going to go into great detail about the mechanics of cardiovascular disease. Um, there's so many different types of heart disease out there, um, including like heart failure, cardiomyopathy, you know, things like that. But I'm not going to discuss those things. I'm only going to be talking about cardiovascular disease related to high blood pressure, um, high cholesterol, which increases your risk for stroke and heart attack. And I'll also throw in a little bit of information about how diabetes plays a role in this. Um, so ways of decreasing your risk for the development of cardiovascular disease, or if you already have it, ways to decrease your chances of developing a, or experiencing a stroke or a heart attack are related to some things that you can you can do, but it's going to require a change in your mindset. One of the first simplest changes that can be made is developing a regular and consistent exercise routine. Um, that you implement into your life that involves on minimum three times a week of high intensity um, exercise that increases your heart rate for at least 30 minutes per session, making it a minimum of 90 minutes of a fast heartbeat heart rate um, per week. And this can be accomplished through like running or fast walking, but it would need to be really fast walking. Something that will consistently keep your heart rate elevated for at least 30 minutes per session. Jump roping, running, like I said, fast walking, riding a bike, um, using the elliptical, the stair climber, you know, those types of activities that will increase your heart rate um, for at least 30 minutes each session, minimum of 90 minutes a week. But in addition to that exercise, you also want to involve weight training or yoga or some type of other low impact exercise. All of those things combined will help lower your risk for the development of cardiovascular disease. Or if you already have high blood pressure um, and high cholesterol, it will help lower your numbers in both instances. Um, another thing that is changeable on your part that you would be able to have control over is either decreasing or completely eliminating alcohol consumption from your life. And I understand everybody, well, not everybody, but I know, I, especially my old self, I don't so much anymore, but loved a glass of wine or two or three till the bottle was gone or going out on the weekend and having several drinks, you know, of, of either mixed drinks or shots or whatever. But according to the CDC, women should only have one drink a day and men no more than two. And this is because alcohol raises your blood pressure when you drink it and your heart rate. And so excessive Long-term consumption, as you can imagine, could lead to heart, um, the development of heart disease and heart damage. Another um, factor that you 
you have control over that you could change is tobacco use in, in eliminating that, stopping smoking. Tobacco um, increases your risk for heart disease significantly. And according to the CDC, one in every four deaths that happen in this country are the result of cardiovascular disease that was um, developed from tobacco abuse. One in four, you guys. Um, and so not only does smoking increase your um, risk for high blood pressure, but it also increases your cholesterol, believe it or not, particularly your triglycerides, which is the, the, the biggest amount of fat in your bloodstream or your body. And um, it also has an impact on your good cholesterol, which helps your body get rid of the bad cholesterol. It, 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 it messes with that. So your body doesn't effectively get rid of the cholesterol that it shouldn't have through your liver. And what ends up happening is your blood vessels, your arteries start to get stiff and hard. Um, you start getting fatty deposits within the lining of your arteries um, where your blood does not get to flow as freely as it's supposed to. Smoking also makes your blood sticky and thick. And so it's not moving through as efficiently as it should because your vessels, your heart vessels are stiff and, and not pliable or easily manipulated. And then the blood is thick and sticky, making it flow much slower through the system which puts you at risk for the development of um, not only more fat adhering to the walls of your arteries, making the, um, the artery even narrower, but it also increases your risk for the development of blood clots, which increases your risk for the development of a stroke or a heart attack. So do you see how all these things play a part with each other? So smoking, and I can also, it does that um, help you understand how significant how, how much of a significant part smoking plays in the development of heart attack and why it is um, one of the top reasons for death not just from cancer you know smoking's bad all around we're not even gonna get on the subject of cancer that it can cause but just from smoking alone the damage it causes to your heart and your arteries is just overwhelmingly um, bad and so if you can figure out a way to eliminate tobacco from your, your life, you are doing yourself an absolute service. Um, and I know, because I used to smoke for 20 years, so I understand, you know, how hard it is to quit. It, it, that was probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do was to stop smoking cigarettes after all that time because it's a habit you develop and you convince yourself that this habit is something that has to continue, otherwise you're gonna die. But the truth of the matter is, is as long as you continue on that bad habit, you will for sure probably die. Not because you quit, but because you kept smoking. So those are things that you just gotta keep in, your, in the back of your mind like, how important is smoking to you? Is it really worth the risk? Because it doesn't do anything helpful for you at all. I used to tell myself it relieves stress. And I used to tell myself, oh, I had to have it after I ate. 
or I had to have it before I went to sleep or blah, 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 blah. But that was just all lies that I was feeding myself to um, make an excuse for my poor habits. And now that I don't smoke, I understand that. But in the midst of it, you could not convince me. So as a nurse, when I used to um, educate patients on the importance of quitting smoking, um, I never was one to say, you need to quit. And, you know, because when I used to smoke, I get it. It's not that easy to quit. And it, it doesn't help with someone trying to um, shame you or or any of that to get you to quit. It just makes you want to smoke even more or just disregard what they're saying and not take the reason they're telling you to stop smoking as seriously. So if you are a tobacco user, I just and I, I ask you to really do some soul searching as to how important it is for you to continue to smoke and and if it is risk you taking the chance of not only cancer, but also to getting to a place of having heart problems that would lead to you developing a stroke or a heart attack that could alter your life in ways that you can't even imagine unless you've already experienced it. You would know what I mean. Um, but anyway, enough about the smoking. Um, the next thing that you would want to work on that you have Hopefully you have control over it. And when I say have control over it, this I'm going to say very lightly because um, it's hard to change your diet when your finances are not um, in a place where you can change your diet. Eating healthy is expensive. It's so unfortunate. I'm a single person and I eat majority fruits and vegetables now. But just for me alone, my my um, my grocery bill is like 70 bucks a month or excuse me, I wish 70 bucks a week and that's that's strictly fruits and vegetables i hardly buy meat anymore because that's another thing that we really need to cut out of our diet and try to get our protein and that sort of thing from other sources but diet is another um another factor that ha could have a positive or negative impact on your development of cardiovascular disease, high blood pressure, and high cholesterol. Um, and it's so unfortunate because especially, this is especially true in the inner city, you know, all of the things that we should not be doing are readily available and very reasonable for us to be able to afford them. From McDonald's to a liquor store on every other corner, all of those things that we should not be consuming are readily available to those in the inner city and it's 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 doable because you can easily go to McDonald's or something and get a meal for five bucks and be full but it's all crap you know um, and in and and plugging up your arteries and increasing your risk for all kinds of sickness however you try to go to the store and buy not mainly fruits and vegetables and you you can't afford it because not only is it expensive, but fruits and vegetables go bad fast. And so if you're not eating them fast enough, you're basically wasting your money. So it's just like a repeated cycle. And eventually, if you do that enough, you get discouraged and say, forget it. It's easier just to go to McDonald's or whatever. But if it is at all possible, try to stay away from things like fast food restaurants. Um processed foods, anything in a can, anything in a box, um, saturated fats, trans fats, all of those things are bad for you. 
Um, and um, things like vegetable oil. Like you could buy a gallon of vegetable oil for like $6, but that is the worst oil you could use opposed to grapeseed oil or um, avocado oil or olive oil. A big bottle of olive oil is like so expensive. It's like 20, 30 bucks for, and you can't, and it's not even that big of a bottle. You see how they played this out, you know, and I'm telling you, this is not a coincidence. I'm going to get a little off topic here, but the United States is a pharmaceutical run company, country, and if they can't keep us sick, they won't make no money. So if you think, and this is not a conspiracy theory, this the proof is in the pudding. They have to keep you sick in order for them to make a profit. If everyone was well and didn't need blood pressure medication, didn't need chemotherapy for cancer treatment, you know, didn't need all these high expensive drugs, then they would be out of business, right? Like think about watching TV, say 20 years ago, you would see a pharmaceutical company's commercial at two o'clock in the morning, maybe one. However, now you turn on the TV and that's the majority of the commercials that you see is about this drug that does this or this drug that does that. That is all by design, you guys. This is not a coincidence. They need you sick to turn a profit. So if, if when our pharmacy should really be a pharmacy full of colorful fruits and vegetables, no, they want us to have a pharmacy full of colorful pills. And so to offset that, you've got to change your habits, which they make it difficult because, again, they need you sick. But anyway, I kind of got off topic talking about these pharmaceutical um, monsters, but um, changing your eating habits... Getting rid of, like I said, the fast food, processed food, fried foods, all those things that contribute to high cholesterol, high blood pressure, being overweight, um, all of that stuff increases your chances of developing a stroke or a heart attack. And so if you could find a way to add, make the majority of your diet colorful with like green leafy vegetables, an assortment of colored vegetables if possible, fruits, um, get good good fats that come from, like I was saying, the oils, the avocado oil, grapeseed oil, um, uh, olive oil, staying away from vegetable oil, canola oils, even coconut oil is bad for you. All of those adhere to the inside of your arteries, increasing your risk for heart attack and stroke. So stay away from those if you can. Um, eating healthy things like nuts and legumes and beans and those sort of things. and um, Staying away from, like I said, the processed stuff, the white stuff, white sugar, white rice, potatoes. You know, all of those things, those heavy starches, all those things are not good for your... Um, goal of decreasing your risk for the development of heart attack or stroke due to cardiovascular disease. Um, and I kind of hit on this already, but working on maintaining a healthy weight is so important too. Being overweight puts extra work on your heart. 
unnecessary extra weight on your heart. You know, carrying around all that weight, it, 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 um, like any muscle, your heart is a muscle. So when it pumps, pumps, pumps weight more than it needs to or harder than it needs to, what does it do? It gets big, like your arm muscle from lifting weights. You don't want a big heart. A big heart is sluggish. It doesn't push the blood through appropriately. It doesn't beat right. And again, when your heart's not beating right, which is what pushes blood through your arteries, your vessels, you run the risk of developing clots that lead to stroke and heart attack you want to avoid all of that at all costs if you can so maintaining a healthy body weight is so important and that is achievable through the things that i've already talked about exercise on a regular basis changing your diet staying away from excessive alcohol because that's um unnecessary uh calories that are not doing anything for you not only is it harsh on your liver in other parts, but it, it just is all around not good for you. Now, don't get me wrong. I'll have a drink here and there, but if you don't, if it's not something that you absolutely feel you have to have, meter how much you're drinking. Drinking every day is not the thing. It's not the thing. It seems fun, but when you, you just don't understand what's going on on your insides until it's too late and you don't want to do that. You don't want to look up and, and have to take 50 pills in a day. That's not a that's not an um, easy lifestyle at all. You know, if you I, I understand if that's where you already are, you understand where I'm coming from. And I'm sure that if if you could do something different to change the um, outcome that you're living, you would do that because who wants to have to take that many pills in a day? But that's what this country wants you to have to do. So let's stand up and put these pharmaceutical companies out of business, you guys. Let's put them out of business. Um, and so, like I was saying earlier, our genetics play a key role. And, of course, we can't control that. Um, and that, that's that been passed on for many generations. And in, in from when, especially because, it, it, if it, like I said earlier, the majority of the groups that are suffering from this increased risk of developing cardiovascular disease, high blood pressure, cholesterol are the ethnic groups. And if you look at the history of this country and, and the, um, the treatment that ethnic groups have experienced, you understand why genetics is a part of this. Because like, for instance, the African-American community, our ancestors were slaves. So we got scraps for food and we're amazing people. So we can turn anything into something. You know, and that was the introduction and development of soul food. However, soul food is horrible for you. I know there's some chefs that have mastered making it more healthy, which I applaud you. Like I said, we can turn anything into something. But if you think about all those generations that we ate it in the unhealthy way, and over time that changed our DNA, which has been passed down from one generation to the next. So that's where the genetic part comes into um, play. Um, but for the things that you can change, I beg of you to work toward it a little bit at a time. Doesn't have to all happen overnight. Change, change is hard and change takes time. It takes persistence and it takes consistency and it takes determination. And so make up your mind that you 
want to be one of those people who is healthy, who is 80 years old, being able to still run around and do things for yourself independently and not be dependent upon a walker or a wheelchair or a cane or something that um, and a bunch of pills and all of these things to so that you can continue living, because that's really not a, a um, that's not a good. A, a, what is the words I'm looking for? That is not a um, fulfilling and happy life. I'll just say it like that. And of course, you got to make what you got as best as you can. But if there's some things that you can eliminate and, and take care of now, why not do that? And that includes changing your lifestyle habits, exercising, better eating habits, removing or decreasing the alcohol, stopping smoking, all those things. If you're using drugs, that's really harsh on your arteries and your, your heart and all that. If you're if you're on heavy drugs like cocaine, um, crack, heroin, all those things, that does such horrible, harsh damage to your vessels and your heart, just even one use. Um, I beg of you to try to seek some type of treatment that would be long lasting treatment, you know, so that you can stay abreast of it so that you don't um, fall back into into the bad habit of using again. I, I, I really pray for you that you're able to pull yourself free from that. Um, and so... Again, aside from the genetics, the things that you can change, please try your best to do ver that very thing is, is make a change. Now, before I go, there's a couple things I do want to talk about. Um, diabetes is another huge risk factor for um, the development of cardiovascular disease. They all kind of run together. And, you know, they uncontrolled blood sugars impacts your vessels in a huge way, which would lead to you developing high blood pressure and high cholesterol. Um, kind of like how the high cholesterol makes your arteries hard and non-pliable, so does the elevated blood sugars or uncontrolled blood sugars. If you're a type 2 diabetic, you have somewhat of control over what happens. You can control your blood sugar through exercise, diet, change and weight loss. Unfortunately, if you're a type 1 diabetic, that's a whole nother form of diabetes that you don't have so much control over um, in regards to, and for some people, blood sugar control. But if you can change the things that I mentioned, hopefully you and your doctor can work together and get you on the proper amount of insulin that will consistently keep your blood sugar levels normal or close to normal. And what a normal blood sugar range is for someone who actively has type 2 diabetes is 70 to 130. And so, or it, it is so important that you try to stay as close to that range as possible on a consistent basis. Not having it 70 one day, 500 the next day, 321 another day, you know, that's too much bouncing around and that creates un, or excuse me, irreversible damage to your arteries on the inside. Um, maintaining glycemic control is so, so important in the prevention of developing cardiovascular disease. So getting your A1C levels down below seven or eight, if you can, is, is what you want to aim for um, and keeping it there on a consistent basis. Now, before I close this out, I want to give you a couple normal ranges aside from the blood sugar that I just gave you um, 
normal blood sugars between 70 and 130 for someone who's already a diabetic. If you are not a diabetic, a fasting, meaning no food for the last 12 hours, I believe is what they consider fasting, is between 70 and 99. Um, and so aside from that, a normal blood pressure should be between 120 over 80. That's normal. Cholesterol numbers. A normal cholesterol, normal total cholesterol should be less than 200. A normal LDL or the bad cholesterol should be less than 100. Normal HDL or the good cholesterol should be greater than or equal to 60. And your and the normal range for your um, triglycerides should be less than 150. So really quick, just give you a little information on what actually cholesterol is. So cholesterol are um, proteins, they're called lipoproteins that carries the cholesterol throughout our bodies in our bloodstream. And so our LDL or the bad cholesterol, which is the is 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 a majority of the the total cholesterol in our bloodstream, um, is is the reason you want to keep this number low is because this cholesterol, in addition with the triglycerides, um, are the cause of the plaque buildup on the artery walls or fatty buildup on the artery walls that makes them narrow, hard, and difficult to push blood through, which, like I said before, increases your risk for clot formation and the development of a heart or um, stroke, a heart or stroke, heart attack or stroke. Um, and so you want to try to keep your bad cholesterol or your HDL under 100 if you can. Now, the good cholesterol, which you want to keep greater than or equal to 60, the good cholesterol is what absorbs that bad cholesterol and it takes it back to your liver so you can urinate it out and get rid of it. Get it out of your body before it has an opportunity to adhere to your blood vessels. So you want your HDL level to be high, as high as you can, um, up to a certain extent, I think. But if you can get it over 60, that's awesome because you want to try to excrete as much of that cholesterol out of your system as you can. Now, triglycerides are another kind, common type of fat that's in our blood. Um, and so in the presence, like I was just saying, of that high LDL or bad cholesterol and a low HDL or good cholesterol, which would be low HDL would be less than 60, increases your risk for that fatty buildup on the arterial walls, which is called arteriosclerosis or hardening of the arteries or blood vessels. You do not want that. So if you can, get, you want to keep your triglycerides less than 150 if at all possible and keep that HDL up so it can start eliminating the this cholesterol from your body so it does not have an opportunity to adhere to your blood vessels increasing your risk um like I was mentioning earlier at the beginning that there are a number of heart conditions that lead to death or significant life changes um that are a result of heart disease and like I was saying earlier, heart failure, cardiomyopathy, that sort of stuff. I'm not going to talk about that stuff. However, next week, because this is American Heart History, Heart Health Awareness Month, I'm going to talk about a different condition that's called broken heart syndrome. 
that I want to talk to you guys about that you may find interesting. So that'll be next week's ep episode. I'm really hoping that um, because I wasn't so much into um, my like how my other episodes have been where I'm talking more of, of things of emotions in the heart. Like I said in, in my introductory podcast, because I am a nurse who's just a nurse talking about shit, I'm going to talk about a range of things. And included in that is hopefully provide you with some helpful, insightful information regarding your health and ways to um, help you stay healthy. Because our goal, everybody, is to put these pharmaceutical companies out of business. We need to put these people out of business so that we can live our best lives possible. And the only way to do that is to stay healthy, right? Diet change, exercise, all that good stuff. Um, so I hope this information was helpful and not too technical. Um, work on what you can change. And um, hopefully in due time, you will be able to decrease, eliminate, and get rid of some of the medications that you may be taking. But again, I am not a, a doctor. I'm just a nurse. I can educate, but I cannot give advice. I cannot diagnose any of those things. This is just for educational purposes. Um, I am wishing you the very best. Be blessed. Never stressed. Until next time, best wishes. Peace.